Streets and Scholars with FG and Alex Alonso. We're getting a little bit of a late start, though. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. You know, that California traffic be something else, man. No, it's all good, man. It's, um, um, but there's a lot going on, man. Um, I actually had a couple of fact checks um, mm. from a couple of our episodes. Uh, episode 26, somebody asked about, remember we, I brought up the, the border paroles? And the CDC. Yeah, and you were saying that they were separate uh, entities. Well, that's what somebody said when they hit me up. It was right. separate entities. So uh, I couldn't tell just by doing a search. So what I did was I just called up this, the CDC. Hey. And then they, um, I said, patch me into the Board of Paroles. And they patched me in. And I spoke to a secretary there. And she said that the Board of Paroles falls under the CDC. Right. You had originally yeah. said yeah, that. That's what I, yeah, that's what I Yeah, yeah. So um, she actually said that the Board of Paroles is headed by a lady named Jennifer Schaefer mm -hmm. and that Jennifer Schaefer is the warden of the CDC, who is a woman named Kathleen Allison. Oh, OK. So it's all underneath the CDC. It's not a separate entity like somebody tried to call me out the other day and say. Right. But what was interesting is that the, uh, this whole system is, is ran by women. Hey, man, you know, they starting to get it in. And I'm wondering, is that a good thing? Because sometimes women are more sensitive to certain issues. But I remember I asked you a question once about female CEOs in the feds, and you said sometimes they come in there just as brutal as, uh, as, no as everyone doubt, else, no right? Doubt. And like I said, it was a, a, a female warden when I was there. You know, and Miss Banks didn't play, man. She was a tough cookie, but she was a little fair, you know what I mean? But, you know, sometimes we do have a... I, I don't even know what to call it. We have some kind of little notion that when the females are running, you know especially things like prison where it's predominantly men, you know, I, I believe female can get in emotions about certain things that men don't. But, you know, um, I don't want to just put that label on them. Well, you know, female officers are less inclined to pull their gun out and shoot and kill people like male officers are. So uh, I look at that as uh, maybe women approach things in a, in a way to try to um, de-escalate right where men we ain't de-escalating right, right? right. no you got a yeah, great point there great point there you know what i mean and so yeah yeah that's a great point right there okay um then i you know i said something the other day about the the young lady that crashed her car into labray and sloss and killing mm -hmm. five people unborn babies the sixth person and i said i never heard of a of someone getting the death penalty because now everyone hates this woman. Right, but I remember you said that you didn't know if anybody had gotten a death penalty for a vehicular you, situation. Yeah, that you you cannot get the death penalty for vehicular manslaughter, mm -hmm. but you can get the death penalty for vehicular homicide. Oh, okay. Where you deliberately saying I'm about to go run all these people over. Got you, got you. I remember it happened here in L.A. in Santa Monica, maybe like ten years ago. A dude just like just barreled through a crowd. He did it deliberately, and he killed multiple people. Now something like that, yeah, you can get the death okay. penalty, but. I'm trying, I'm asking the question, did she, what she did, was it deliberate or was it manslaughter? Because although she got charged with the manslaughter, they also threw the murder on there. No doubt. You know what I mean? And the more and more I went back and looked at the video, even after we had talked about it, I don't know, man, just the way that foot was on the gas. And then it seemed like she put her arm out the window or something, you know, it, it, it was so many different variations that I, I don't know. I'm starting to second guess, man. I think she might have been trying to, man, not kill somebody, but trying to harm herself or somebody. Well, they, in California, they got three levels of vehicular manslaughter. Mm -hmm. I, I looked these up and um, we'll, the, the one that she's qualified for 
is actually um, you don't get a whole lot of time for, but they have a vehicular manslaughter for anyone that has um, that that is doing it with just vehicular manslaughter without DUI. Okay. So you're not drunk, right? Right. But you right. did something reckless. That's a misdemeanor. Oh wow. One year in prison, mm -hmm. or if if they want, it's, they can charge it as a felony. Right, right. They call those wobblers. Wobblers, yeah. Yeah, you heard that term, wobbler? Yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it can go misdemeanor one year, felony six years. Now, the second one is negligent vehicular manslaughter. That's also a wobbler. Misdemeanor one year, felony four years, and then an additional three to six if there are additional injuries to other people other than the person you killed. Oh, okay. And then the third one is gross vehicular manslaughter while intoxicated. That's a felony, 10 years in prison, or 15 to life if you have a prior DUI. Mm. So she would be the vehicular manslaughter without DUI. Yeah. And that would be a felony. So she would get six years for that and i'm assuming six years for each person wouldn't you think um yeah or they I, is it i don't think it's mandatory for the other people um is it well it's up to um well they want a prosecutor to the fullest extent well, so and yeah she'll rack them up 36 so, years 36 years yeah. but then they threw the murder on top of it so that may escalate it to something else yeah, yeah that's more it's more but yeah there's no there's no death penalty for for manslaughter vehicular manslaughter there's only death penalty for vehicular homicide, which um, I'm not sure if they're going to charge her with that. Right, right. So at this time, um, she's just going to deal with the with the murder and the manslaughter. But I don't know if that murder is going to stick, man. That's a that's a tough one to um, to put on there. But it it all depends because it, it look that video looks crazy, right? No doubt. And then like you said, they're going to go look at the other shit, her phone call, phone records, all, and you know, and if she said anything crazy, you know what I mean. So they're going to get to the bottom of it. Okay, um, on another thing, we spoke about that dude, Guy Reffitt, that went to trial. And we mentioned that there was another January 6th rider going on trial. Right. So I looked it up, and it's a group of dudes called the Oath Keepers. You ever heard of these dudes? Mm -mm. The Oath Keepers. They're like, wow. they're a white, white ring, white, what, what is, no, right. <laughs> right wing uh, Trumpers. They're, they're right wing Trumpers. You had it right. <laughs> the white ring, right wing, it's all the same thing, huh? Um, these guys are pro-Trumpers and it's about four or five of them and they decided that they want to take it to trial, man. What do you think is going to happen to these guys? Oh, they're going to get their head busted, <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, they have a point to prove. They will leave the appeals right open for anything that happened later or come down the pike. Um, but hey, man, you know, they could try the hand if they want to. Well, they asked for a delay so that they can, I guess, strategize their thing. And the judge denied their delay, so they're going on trial next month, September 26th. How many of them is it? Uh, it it's either going to be nine of them Damn. or five of them. Um, we're not sure beca because there's still some deals on the table. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, some of these guys, um, yeah, nine members of the Oath Keepers. They're a militia group also. Right. So uh, I could predict this one, man. They, uh, no doubt. They're all going to get found guilty. They're all going to get found guilty. And they're all going to get uh, guy reference sentences. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's in federal court uh, September 26th. They're going to court. And I don't know why anyone would th think that they shouldn't take the deal. Hey, you know what I mean? They may have something in their mind that they feel they're standing on. <laughs> they may have some principles that they feel they're rocking with. You know, at the end of the day, you know, after you rock, you know, you get that six, seven years, go rock with that too, though. You know what I mean? So, you know, you never know what their ideology is. 
next week I'll break down their their names and and what they're looking at because um, they're definitely going to prison, man. man. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, what else here? Um, I guess we can get into uh, oh YNW Melly update. This dude has a dental problem. Oh, he's got um what is it called? They, he's requesting a medical furlough to now now let me add, I want to know how sensitive are the prison to these types of medical conditions because it's related to his grill mm -hmm. he wears that diamond gold grill right. it's creating a problem on his tooth right it's not like a natural health issue it's a health issue related to the jewelry he said it's creating a problem he wants to go to the doctor mm -hmm. that, um so he's got to do a special request and do these requests usually get granted when you need to go to the doctor well they he gonna see the dentist on site and, and they're going to let the uh, court know exactly what's going on. Um, if it's something that's um, they can basically cut out or if he refusing to let them cut it out or something like that, then they may not let him run, you know. But if it's really something that's bothering him and they can't do it there at the facility, yeah, they'll grant him a, a, not a furlough per se, but they'll go escort him to the hospital and get it done and bring him right back. Okay, so some of this stuff could be done at the facility. Yeah. Um what, do you think that some of the requests to go to an outside facility is sometimes a reason for someone such as YNW Melly just to get away for a little while? I mean, you can, but you got to still understand, man, they don't just grant these easily. You know what I mean? They had a dentist in Lompoc named Mad Max, man. And Mad Max, <laughs> you go in there, you coming out, he taking the whole teeth no matter what's going on with it. You so, know, his solution was, I'm going to pull it. So you his job I mean? is to make sure you don't have to leave. Right. He was going to pull everything. You, I know dudes went to Mad, went to Lompoc, man, the fool said all 32 teeth, man, left with about 10, man, mess with Mad Max. But, you know, and... um. What about a wisdom tooth, though? I've had one pulled in, per in federal prison. So Mad Max will pull out the wisdoms. Shit, I had mine pulled, but it was giving me a problem at 30-something years old, Alex. I've only had two wisdom teeth pulled in my life. I still have all the rest of my teeth. When um, I had to go to the dentist, man, my, my wisdom teeth was growing in crooked at 30-something years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, i never forget it was a female, um, female dentist and a female uh, dental assistant. And they couldn't get it. I mean, and she was just leaning all on me. I mean, just she put her elbow. She's like, mind about. She said, I'm trying to get it. Do I say, do what you got to do? Because it was her. <laughs> she put her elbow on my chest, man. You know what I mean? And the other one, I mean, it took two of them, man, to pull this wisdom tooth. And I could just feel them just yanking on my, you know, it was, it was, it was wild. It was barbaric. But at the same time, man, they got that tooth up out of there, man. Is that sometimes borderline malpractice because you should get a more professional dentist that has that experience? So obviously they you needed either more. Did you need more uh, whatever they the numbing stuff? Anesthetic. Anesthetic. Yeah, I asked for some more of that. She actually gave it to me um, because it was just growing in. It hadn't even grew in. So she couldn't she was saying she couldn't get a grip on it because it wasn't all the way in. And when it was growing in, it was pushing up against my other teeth. But I did feel like I was in somebody's garage, you know what I mean, uh, in the back alley somewhere getting a tooth pulled. But they had all the professional um, equipment and all that. It just, because it was uh, barely coming in, she couldn't get a good grip on it, and it was deeply rooted, you know, it was, it was a problem, you know. But shit, I, man, I walked out of there with a hole in my mouth this big, man. Now, it healed, I guess, 100%. Yeah, eventually I did. I had just had a big old hole in my gums for for a while, but it ended up healing. But I have seen dudes go out on medical furloughs situation. You know, you know, because things happen: kidney stones, gallstones, uh, hernias, and certain situation they need to have surgery on. But these also were murder suspects, and they also were already sentenced and in prison. 
in the county facility, the county jail, waiting for pretrial. I've never heard of it happen. Yeah, um, it seems like some guys use this as a tool just to just to get a different scene for, I don't know, a couple hours, whatever, you know, because if, for example, YNW Miller, he's been sitting in the same county jail now for, I don't know, over a year and he ain't seeing nothing but the same thing every day. It's sometimes a good feeling to just get on a bus somewhere and, and drive three or four miles to a facility to get your teeth looked at. Um, to be honest with you, it's more of a hassle than you think. Sometimes that little trip ain't even worth it, you know, because all the shackling you got to do, all the sitting and sales on concrete you got to do. You comfortable in the yards. You got everything set up, man. You, you know, it's almost like... Um, you know, you're comfortable, you know, you live in here. So when you got to go through that transit, man, getting shackled up and, you know, escorted and, you know, it's not always, uh, but I have seen a lot of guys though, come through with those grills or come through with, uh, you know, the, the, um, gold caps and gold teeth and, and all these things. And I, I have seen a lot of dudes get that stuff removed after years go by. Cause you got to keep, you got to maintenance that stuff, you know? So do they let you keep, uh, gold teeth? While you're in custody? If it's really implanted in you, like, I know guys had their real teeth pulled and really, in, yeah. you know, they won't take those out. But a lot of these dudes had, like, uh, bridges and covers and, like, a veneer type, just a, it's in there and glued in, but this really whole bracket can come out if it loosens, like a bridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and those they won't replace and won't fix and none of that. Yeah. But the, yeah, if it's just like a, a gold cover over your real teeth, yeah. they take that out. Yeah. They, yeah. Okay. Because normally you're not allowed to have no jewelry, no anything right, on right. you. But some of these dudes really got, when got teeth, diamonds in their front teeth, and, and, you know, and they really implant it. And they don't take those out, you know. That must be crazy to be walking around a prison yard with with your your um, grill all blinged up. You know what you see it a lot, especially coming from the guys either in the Bay or, or Tennessee and and back that way. You know, it's, it's common for them. You know, L.A. didn't really do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but it's it's common in, in Texas. You know what I mean? Those Texas dudes had them a lot. You know, so I mean, I actually got their teeth pulled and put gold ones up in there. You know, I, I say that's stunting, man. I, some things I mess with, I'm gonna mess with my choppers, man. New Orleans is pretty popular. Yeah, New Orleans is pretty popular with it. Yeah. I was shocked when I was in New Orleans and I saw the police with the teeth like that. Oh yeah, yeah. no, nah, that's crazy. I ain't <laughs> seen no police. I was like, wow, the police yeah, got the popo got the grill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. All right, um, YMW Melly is still waiting for trial right now. He's so trying. That speedy trial didn't work out for him. Huh? Well. There's all these other delays, man. So, so it ain't no, nah, it ain't working out for him. So now he's waiting for this medical furlough, and I guess he's got to wait for it to get approved. How long does it usually take? Like, if you file a paper today for a medical furlough, how long do they make you wait? Well, you gotta understand that you know that's 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 manpower. That's money. You know, that's taking some people who are not working today because you can't take staff from the prison. You got to um, have guys come in for overtime. You got to get the van going, you know. So so technically, you're making them spend money. That's where the delay come in at. You know what I mean? It's hard to get It's hard to get to the dentist and you own the yard just to get to the regular dentist, <laughs> let alone get out and get a transfer and get um and, and, and get them to take you out. It, if the If the... Dentist on site deems that, you know, there's something need to get done. They'll get it done for you. But just regularly, man, I, I don't see it happening. Oh, you, you think they're going to deny his? They're going to deny his request, yeah. Okay. What if, I don't know what, what type of teeth he got, but what if he got the permanent? No, no, no. He must have real teeth underneath because 
But you can still get an infection in your gum, if right? If it's not infected. If yeah. it's not, if it's just irritating, they may see what, like I said, they'll pull that shit out. We don't care how much you pay for. We don't pull it out. Yeah. You know. Um, now, if it's an infection that they can't control, if it's some kind of situation that they say, we just can't fix at this facility, you know, but um, to be honest with you, man, some of the county facilities have some of the best equipment, up-to-date uh, equipment around. Oh, okay. You know. Well, I think because he's got a little level of celebrity status, they might just give it to him so that down the line that no one can say he was mistreated and not given um, attention to a medical matter, even if it's a minor medical matter. Do you think that matters? No, I think they're going to say, man, this dude is a, <laughs> is a, is a, is a uh, potential double murder. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a, um, this dude don't need to go nowhere. Okay. You know. We'll, we'll find out next week. We'll give you guys an update on Streets and Scholars on the next episode, whether or not they granted his medical furlough. Um, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, ah, they're going to give it to him. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, um, your boy Renee Enriquez, boxer from Artesia, is a free man. Oh, I was going to say, he still ain't got out yet? He's out. Okay. okay. But we don't know where he's at. Right, no doubt, no He's doubt. probably in Boise, Idaho right she now. Ain't no telling where boxer at. Living man. in a two-story townhouse man. in the middle of nowhere. I mean, but I believe living in the middle of nowhere better than living in prison. Oh, yeah. Wherever he's at, I'm sure he's happy, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he got, like you say, he already took it on the chin to live with his sins, but... You know, I, I, I mean, he got to be elated, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you put him in the middle of the desert somewhere. A guy that's been sitting in there since 1990, that's been 32 years, um, you got to be happy. What, what was it like when you first, I guess it was when you went, went to the halfway house, right? Mm -hmm. That's your first taste of freedom? That's my first taste of freedom. What is that feeling like after eight and a half, almost nine years of being in custody? Now you're just like... I could walk wherever I want to go now. Well, you know, it was crazy because, like I said, I didn't believe that they was going to open that door. They finally did. They kicked me out and they uh, drove me to it, had a van take me to the nearest um, bus station. So I got to the bus. Matter of fact, they didn't even take me to a bus station. They took me far enough for where I could jump on the, the local bus. Now, you already know I haven't been on a local bus, man, in 20 years. So I jumped on the bus and it just felt weird getting on the bus with people. You know, I go from prison to now I'm on the bus with regular people, you know what I mean? And and you forget the things that regular people do. Because people in prison don't come stand next to you, like right next to you. They don't sit next to you in the child hall. They don't, you know, motherfucker on the bus gonna come sit right next to you, rub the elbow all over you and shit. So you were dealing with levels of institu institutionalization still. Yeah, and I'm, and I, and I, but the thing about it is, the funny part is, I'm thinking I'm doing everything normal. Because in my mind, I never want people to know that I went to prison when I came home. I didn't want you to look at me per se and be like, okay, he been to prison. So, uh, so, um, but I used to get laughed at because, you know, they be, dude, you could, you could, people can see, you know, you get to the bus station. I got to the bus, the Greyhound bus station, you know what I mean? Somebody, hey man, welcome, welcome back, man. And I, I'm like, damn, huh? you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they just knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it was a sense of people are just moving around, going about their life, doing what they do every day. And no one's saying nothing to him. You know what I mean? You're not being looked at. You're not being, you know, it's like you're you're free. It, it was it was it was wild, you know. Yeah, man, it's 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 an incredible thing to to hear when people are free, you know, no matter how much time you did, whether you've been down for five, you know, ten or thirty like boxer. Yeah. Uh yeah, so so boxer must be somewhere in an undisclosed location for his protection. Yeah, with that as well, but I do wonder, like, what was his choice of, because everybody got something they want to eat 
when they come home. See, like, but but boxer had the privileges. Yeah, he had, he, yeah of eating yeah, good regardless. Yeah, yeah. Well, we was in court one day and we found out he was eating shrimp and lobster. Right, 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 right. So he's been eating good regardless. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. probably didn't even have a special meal, you know. So yeah, man. Um, my my other question is, uh, I thought about um when when Sammy the Bull got out and he was in protective custody. After a while, he didn't like it. Yeah, he didn't like the rules. He, he, it's you're free, but you're still under rules. Right, I think there's right, a curfew right. and things like Certain that. Things, yeah. At, at some point, Boxer's gonna feel the same way. Like, yo, I, w- I want to be really free. No doubt, he, he's definitely gonna feel that way, and he, he gonna probably tell him the same thing Sammy and them told him. Hey man, hey, forget it. I'll put it on the line. You know, I just believe that he's smart enough, and some of these dudes smart enough to know how to move around without being detected. I don't got, like you say, a whole task force out there trying to find these dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, it's probably 100 people ahead of him on the list. You know, somebody, you know, looking for, you know what I mean? You know, because there's so many of them out there that, that didn't broke the code. You know what I mean? So he can go out there and live his regular life, man. It's just about, uh, I don't know if he can go get a regular job in certain situations. It just seems like somebody's always going to, no matter where he goes, somebody's going to recognize Box. I think all he got to do is throw on a hat and some shades. So and he can get away with it? Yeah, because there's another Mexican Mafia guy I personally know, and I meet up with him once in a while. He, he's a an informant from a different generation, though, and he moves around L.A. like yeah. like nothing. Well, I'm being a boxer put on a hat and glasses because I'm the type of dude I'm not staring up people up. In the, yeah. He probably can come sit right next to me at the hamburger stand, man, or put walk right in the burger stand. I probably wouldn't even recognize. No, not at all. Hey, I was on the... Um, on the train, the MTA train, and I saw two dudes. It was obvious they just got out of prison because they had the big baggy uh, gray shorts <laughs> that they wear on the prison yards, right, right. and the, the the socks was up high. And I I told the the two Mexican brothers I was like, "Welcome home," and they was like, "Thanks." Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but it was obvious based on their their little um, outfit. Their outfit. They, they yeah. were basically wearing the typical thing you wear on a yard. Were you wearing anything that was obvious to uh, prison? Uh, no, I had some jeans came in, a regular shirt, but the, what the thing about it was posture. You know, I still get accused of, you know, mom, they still say, Daddy, let your shoulders down some. I'm like, yeah. they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, and, it's, and it's posture. It's the way you look a man in their eyes at the grocery store when you're just having a regular conversation. Most people don't do that. You know what I mean? And uh, so... Um, so it's a lot of telltale signs, man. And people laugh at you because they see you trying, but they just it's just written all over you. You you know the walk. You know what I mean. And and you know you think you walking regular, you know, but you could tell, man. I see these guys all the time when they fresh out, man. What they are also is they alert, Alex. They paying attention to everything that's moving around them, and all they doing is they a Krispy Kreme getting some donuts. You yeah. know what I mean. But they <laughs> anything moving, they you know what I mean. You know so. I remember our uh, comedian Alex Thomas was uh, telling me that he went to a prison to do a comedy show, and he said the hardest thing to do is make a whole bunch of dudes in prison laugh. <laughs> he said that's when you know you're funny if you can yeah, get, get yeah, some laughs there. Yeah. So, so there is a level of, I guess, of seriousness with a lot of the brothers in there. No doubt, you know, plus like you say, man, they going through a lot, man. You got to realize the shit that they going through, man, losing family members. You know, they ain't seen their daughters in four or five years. You know, certain certain situations, man, that they go through that make you hard mentally, you know. And uh, but don't get me wrong, don't let nobody fool you, man. You're gonna have some laughs and that they wouldn't yeah. be, it wouldn't be right if we you didn't you didn't have no joking and laughing and you know, and and that sort of thing. Yeah, um I, I never forgot that story you told me, but it is funny because um 
it's it's a serious like uh facial expressions the demeanor you know guys in prison and and your job is to go over there and make them laugh i think paul rodriguez another comedian mm. uh he went to the prisons when you was in the feds did they ever allow people to come do entertainment and and you know just be a part of the the program there well see what they did was they cut out all the funding for that you know what i mean so it, it, they wasn't opposed to it but they cut out the funding and therefore, you know, a lot of the programs that those guys used to get, we didn't get those. Um, we didn't get those. You know, so so at the end of the day, man, you know, it wasn't even about that they didn't want to. The warden had just come straight, look, this is my budget. They don't even fund those programs no more. I'm going to try to do the best I can to get y'all some things. Now, what they did do, and I was a part of it one year, was they did bring in some uh, for Black History Month. We pushed up on the warden, you know what I mean, deep. You know, the Bloods, Crips, Bay. Uh, uh, Muslim, everybody, you know, listen, um, we would like to do a black history program. You know what I mean? Can can you give us a conference room or give us the auditorium and we put on our, you know, you guys can come in there and watch it, do whatever you want to do because they always think you're trying to have a meeting or <laughs> strategize, uh, you know what I mean, yeah. prison break or some shit, you know what I mean? But we really wanted to do a black, uh, 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 black history program, you know. They actually, man, set it out for us, brought people in from the streets, you know, to speak and, you know, get a knowledge. And the one thing about it, we were surprised when the warden came in. We knew she would come in probably and just look around and see how it was going because she knew she had some killers on the yard. You know what I mean? She knew her, she knew she had some riders. So she came to the program and she actually spoke. And when she spoke, Alex, we believed that she was just going to sit there and say things like, you know, hey, I appreciate that all y'all getting together, even though we know y'all beefing. And to put on this program for blackness. But what she got up there and said was she had to study twice as hard. She had to get two times more degrees than the white folks. She had to always be better than them mm -hmm. in order to get into the position that she is. Now, they blew us away, man. She didn't sugarcoat the shit. You know, but uh but 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 they don't do the funding no more to like bring the comedy and bring the you know the like a uh, Johnny Cash and them used to go to the prison yeah. and perform. Yeah, they don't do it like that no more. Just about funding purposes. But that actually is important for the prison because it, it can keep inmates more relaxed. It could um, prevent more drama when you bring some entertainment in. It keeps, uh, I guess, it keeps things more orderly. But a lot of outsiders are like, "Fuck all that. They don't deserve." entertainment they don't deserve this they don't deserve that well it's a lot of people who were willing to do it they just don't want to do it for free yeah you know what i mean and or like i say the day that you do that you do have to um have overtime for for, for correctional officers to make sure that you got extra security and things of this nature and all that plays a role in money you know i've sit there and heard you know lieutenants and captains talk to um the ceos more about like scheduling shit like no nah, you know i can't put you on the schedule because of, you know what i mean no nah, we don't we ain't having nobody work overtime you know they like they, it's a business you know what i mean so if they could get that funding in there i believe it's a lot of people that would still come in man and do those programs matter of fact i just got a call three days ago uh my little partner lynn his, his mom like a sister to me so i call him my nephew he's from the mom and um and uh lynn just called me and was asking me about skip and was saying somebody that the prison was saying that Skip was trying to get a pro. So he was asking me, he was like, man, is that something legit? Who is Skip and blah, blah. I say, no, if he can get a way to get up in there, bro, go to his program. It's a, it's a cool thing that he's trying to do to get in there and speak to you guys about the shit that y'all really, that y'all talking to me about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and uh, so I believe that it's still some programs that guys are going in there, uh, but they're not getting paid. And, you know, and the celebrities, you know, uh, uh, 
performers and and comedians you know they want to feed you know which is understandable they got expenses you know no doubt now i know skip was going to the um female prisons for a mm-hmm. minute when uh skip used to to uh share an office with me i used he used to go every week i believe it was was it um norco is that norco's a female prison norco got a prison out there yeah it was female yeah he used to go there every week with his program okay you know domestic violence anger management things of that sort mm-hmm. um and I've, you know, I've always wanted to go into the prisons and do a program like maybe video editing or, you know, using a camera. But, uh, you know, I don't know what the, the process is and I don't know how welcoming or open they right, would right. be to it. But, you know, San Quentin, there's a lot of programs in San Quentin because it's up there in the Bay and there's a lot of universities that, you know, they, they, they don't necessarily need to be paid because they're getting paid by the university oh, okay. anyways. Yeah, yeah. So I heard that San Quentin got mad programs. That's but cool. Yeah. But you need those programs, though. As for, hey, listen, they call it rehabilitation. No doubt. Then they just said start locking, lock, lock their ass up. You don't worry about the rehabilitation part. Lock, they need to bring real rehabilitation back, man, because these people are coming. A lot of them are coming home. Yeah. Um, I got a topic here, man, that's pretty strange, man. Um, Whitey Bulger. Who was a who at the time of his death in prison back in 2018 was 89 years old, but he was killed in his cell, most likely because he was a, he was a snitch. Right. He snitched on Italian mafia guys and he snitched on people that would help his business grow. Right. He snitched on his competition. No doubt. And he had a personal relationship with an FBI agent named Robert Connolly. But he gets transferred. This is oh man, this is this is bizarre. He gets transferred from a federal prison in Florida mm-hmm. to Hazleton Prison in West Virginia. The guys that killed him, one of the guys is on the phone calling his mom, and he knows in advance that Whitey Bulger is about to get transferred into the prison. And a lot of the authorities are like, "How did this guy know in advance?" So uh, my first question is. Um, when you know that one of the homies just got convicted, he's about to hit the yard. Do you guys ever get word before the guy lands on the yard that someone is actually coming to the yard? Yeah. Okay. Because what they do is they go through transfer centers or technically just say transferring from one prison to another. They go to transfer centers. A lot of information is being passed through those transfer centers. When I landed in uh, Oklahoma, FDC, Oklahoma, going to Texas from LA, I ran into guys going to every prison in the country, damn near. You can get a message just like that. Guys going to Marion, guys going to Leavenworth, guys going to, hey, homie, tell my homie such and such, you know, and it was the same way when homies come by and say, oh, UFG, hey, homie, the homie said, you know, so, and he might be at this uh, institution for a while. I mean, he might be in transit for a while. Somebody get there before him, hey, the homie such and such is coming, you know, or somebody called a girl, hey, look, I got my transfer. They're going to send me to such and such. She tells somebody, they tell somebody the word is out on the line. So that's crazy. Yeah, they do know uh, sometimes like exactly where they going and they tell people or running to people and things of that nature. But they can keep it under wrap if they want they can to, keep right? keep it under wrap if they want to, like me. You know, what happened with me was when I transferred from, um, from Victorville, no, from Lompoc to Oklahoma. I left Lompoc. I went to um, USP Victorville for a minute stayed there went to oklahoma for a minute i was going to texas but i didn't tell my wife i was just gonna tell her when i got there hey i'm in texas you know what i mean and um and um we had the email system when you transfer or leave a facility they disconnect your email system so when she got the email and said my email had been disconnected she immediately go to the fbop website this motherfucker's in oklahoma yeah what is he doing there (laughs) 
so when I called, I still wasn't going to tell her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she was like, what the hell are you doing in Oklahoma? Because I landed at a different facility. So people can track if they, you know, because wherever you land, it BOP is, 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 is public information. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she didn't know where I was going, but she knew I was in Oklahoma the moment I called. But she can only look that up after you've after already I, arrived. Right, yeah. right. So it's like I said, that's a different situation. But I hadn't told nobody yeah. where I was going, you know. Now, this guy that was part of killing Whitey Bulger, Sean McKinnon, they got him recorded on the phone call talking to his mom. And he's, he's like telling his mom, um, Rusty Bulger's about to arrive in our prison tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he's, they, he's basically telling his mom in so many words that we're about to plot on his ass. Right. Um, how the heck would Sean McKinnon know not only that Whitey is coming, but he's coming tomorrow? That, that was the key word you said, and I heard you say tomorrow. As <laughs> soon as you said tomorrow, I said, oh, a CEO told him that. Damn. Yeah, a CEO told him that because they going to get the paperwork. You know, R&D going to get the paperwork before they even get there to know who's coming weeks in advance. So they know who's coming down the pipeline. And he and somebody probably, he probably was cool with one of the CEOs, and they like, hey, Whitey coming, dog. Y'all get ready. Man, this sounds like a setup because Whitey was only at Hazleton for 12 hours before he was killed. Man. Like, not even a day. That's, I didn't know it was that fast. 12 hours he was killed by um, uh, Sean McKinnon was the lookout. A guy named Photius Freddie G-E-A-S, G-E-A-S mm-hmm. who's 55 years old, and a guy named Paul... DeColagero, 48 years old, went into the cell because they got a camera, too, that was on the cell, but you can't see what's going on in the cell. Right, right, right. You just see these two guys go in. Right, right. And they, um, they beat him to death. Yeah. Now, um, I believe that it, it has to do with, oh, in, in the article I read, they said, we don't know what the motive is. Oh, Isn't that crazy? <laughs> what's the motive? Right, right. But um, because Paul's last name is DeColagero, which is an Italian it's name, Italian. I'm thinking that they got the word that... Um, Hey, somebody from the mob said, go ahead and do that. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And you'd be surprised, though, had some of these in-prison murder cases, Alex, because they couldn't see exactly in that cell. You didn't exactly see murder. You know, you seen him go in, you seen him come out. You know he did it. But when you talking about a murder beyond a reasonable doubt, you know, no one saw what actually happened. You know, did Whitey beat himself? Of course not. (laughs) But, I mean, it's still some kind of, take some time they you know you know um it'd be technicalities on convicting those murders now i know the answer to this question but i gotta ask it anyways is whitey bulger being a man almost 90 years old get a pass on snitching in the prison system the rules is the rules <laughs> you know what i mean and and, and i mean a, a fragile man i, I got that you. can barely walk it, it was a it was a a, a, a statement yeah they say we don't care how old you are yeah you did it you're gonna pay the consequence whitey could have died of natural causes a month later man you know but them dudes stuck by the code they stuck by the rules bro you did that you don't get a pass you're gonna meet your maker today you know what i mean and that's that's i mean i know it's sad to say or sound like you know man that's some bullshit, but Hey, man, when they going by them rules, man, that code of conduct supposed to be kept, and they kept it. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are probably listening now to the Streets and Scholars. If they don't understand these rules, but I'm sure there's a, there's a few people that, that understand that what Whitey did comes with consequences. No doubt, you know, and I see comments on everybody's platform, and I could tell who's the people who are some of my outsiders don't have no idea about the, 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 the mental aspect of what, you know, what's going in the mind of a dude who this is this is his life 
you know, this is a guy from the street. This is their rules. You know what I mean? And them guys stuck to the code 100%, man. Didn't care how old he was. Didn't care how fragile he was. Dude, you did what you did. You got to pay for that today. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was looking up uh, one of the killers named uh, Photius G.A.S. G-E-A-S. He was sentenced to life without prison. I mean, life without parole in the feds. So mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter for him. It's not going to change the course of his life, right? No, not at all. But it can put him in a facility that has less uh, privileges, though, right? No doubt. Less privileges, less amenities. You know what I mean? And uh, But you'll be surprised at how, how often this happened that we don't hear about it. And sometimes, guys, sometimes they don't even leave the yard. They might go to the hole for six months or something like, and come right back to the yard. You know, what are you going to do to this guy? You know what I mean? And I never forgot, <clears throat> I was going to the hole in Victorville, man, one time. And and uh, they was like, well, Thorne, you going to the hole? I was like, take me to jail then. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and and, and you, where, where are you taking me? All you're doing is taking me to another part of this. I'm already in prison. you taking me to another part of the facility. you still going to feed me. You still, I, I may not be able to go to the yard. I may not be able to play chess or spades for a few months. Or, but in actuality, I mean, you know, you still got, he still got to do that life sentence anyway so yeah but there are a lot of people that don't want to end up in like uh florence colorado adx in the basement somewhere in the dark for 23 and a half hours a day that's just unpleasant living even if you're in prison no doubt but for the people who live by them rules alex you know those rules and and, and rules and everything in life was set to be um stood on and like i say you know um i've just they, they stood on those rules i understand that you know, people don't understand the, the, the hardship that Whitey Bolger caused on people and their family. You know, Whitey Bolger wasn't no innocent kid, you know what I mean, who yeah. was 89 years old. <laughs> this dude didn't put hits on people allegedly before, you know what I mean? You know, so, um, hey, man, when I heard that, you know, it, it's, it's sad to say I did. So I'll say, okay, people are still standing on the, the values of um, – their their code of conduct you know why do you think it took uh four years for them to i don't know if they're putting charges on these three guys but they've identified them publicly and it looks like that a couple of these guys are going to be going back to court four years after they killed whitey bulger no doubt and they've been back on the yard yeah I'm sure you know they've been chilling they waiting for a transfer to go tell the judge whatever they're gonna tell them give me rack hey you know rack it back up but that's when the investigation come to see these cameras can't see actually what happened, didn't they? So they have to go back and be uh, uh, tedious about every day. They had to go back and get that phone call. It might have took them years to, you know, get certain information because they had to get warrants and stuff like that to get certain things. But um, I don't know why it took four years, but at the same time, it seemed like they're ready to go send them back up in there and uh, see if they can get a conviction. It looks like Paul D. Colagero actually had a release date of 2026. Damn. But this this might give yeah, him might real that. Yeah. Do you think that um, killing an old man can can give you a life sentence in in the feds, or do you think they just give him another five or ten years? Well, you know what, depending on what kind of evidence they feel they have, they don't feel like they can convict him. They will offer him five more years, six more years, ten more years. You know, if they really feel like I say you a murder, you have to still have to be a beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, but it's pretty clear. These two guys walk in the no cell. Doubt. They come out. The CEOs go in there. Whitey is dead. <laughs> but that's saying two men walk into an alley. Mm -hmm. Two men, three men walk in there. Two men come out. One is dead. Alice, you still can't say that we seen this dude hit him like this or this dude hit him like that. It's yeah. obvious what happened. Yeah. But on the street, guess what happened? 
dude gonna get a manslaughter. He's gonna get a manslaughter. Or he gonna take that. We they gonna give him that deal. Hey man, take this nineteen, take this fifteen, and because they can't just prove because we couldn't see it. You know what I mean? And and you can you can you can you can assume all you want, but beyond a reasonable doubt, you don't have that. You know. Well, I, I think they're also gonna use Sean McKinnon's phone call to his mom's. Oh, no doubt. Saying Whitey's yeah, yeah. Whitey's coming to our yard tomorrow. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so and, and he he's part of the whole conspiracy, man. But um, before we wrap up, man, I wanted to at least get your thoughts on um, Young Thug. He was denied bail for a third time, and again they used his lyrics against him to deny the bail. And also there was a comment about he lives close to the airport. He's got access to private planes. And Your Honor, this is coming from the prosecutor, we think he's a flight risk. Like, does anyone really believe that Young Thug is going to try to escape this case and go somewhere that no one is going to be able to find him? No. Uh, even a ju- uh, uh, the attorney put out there that was speaking on his behalf put out there that they would even allow that... Um you know, police sit outside his house or anything. They offered everything they could. Yeah. Long as he get, can be in his own house doing his time, y'all could surround this place. You know what I mean? And bring him back and forth to court at will, you know, but the judge wasn't having none of it. You know, even though he did say he wasn't, didn't believe he was a flight risk, you know, he didn't actually own a plane, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, but I believe they just didn't want to let that kid go, man, because they just, based on the evidence that you heard him say they had proffers proffer statements he said in those proffer statements that it's people in those proffer statements saying that he's the leader of the gang he's dangerous and if they he get wind that they said something he tried to kill him yeah man they um uh, they're using the lyrics of his song ooh which is spelled e-w-w uh the very last line of the song he says something about f and then put him in a wheelchair um, that line is being used against uh, Young Thug, and then there's another song called "Anybody" that they used against mm-hmm. them in this in these bail hearings. And then we learned that there are other writers of these songs. Right, right. Nicki Minaj was yeah. was a co-writer. So the the defense attorney is saying, "Look, Young Thug is not even the writer of He's these not, songs. He didn't even write this. So how can you hold these against them?" But at the end of the day, the judge didn't care. Let me play a quick little clip yeah. of what the judge had to say, man. Let's see here. There's additional pleadings that were filed in this particular case on a motion to reconsider bond. Uh, that was filed on behalf of Mr. Williams. Um, I have considered those arguments uh, under the new indictment of 22 SC 13572, even though they were filed under indictment 22 SC 182273. Uh, and I've considered the proffers made, made by state. I've considered the arguments of the defense. Uh, at this point in time, though, Mr. Adams and, and uh, Mr. Steele, I am still not convinced that, uh, that what you've argued, or what you've continued, or what you've argued anew and taking into account what I have heard already, um, I still believe that um, the court it is the court's uh, decision that uh, the four factors uh, under under consideration that I'm going to deny bond at this point in time. 
right, man. Um, it is not lost on me that let your me, clients. Uh, let me turn that off. So there you heard it, man. The judge said, I don't really care what you say, how you say it. At this time, I'm denying bond a third time, F. He said it nicely, though. <laughs> but, um, hey, he, like you say, man, the guys, those proffer statements, it's, it's obvious that he was told on. It's obvious that some information is out there that he doesn't know that's out there yet. He's going to find out in trial, though, believe it. And um, so they, they made some remarks about him that, that made the judge not feel comfortable with letting him out. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's very clear that someone is going to be telling. I don't think they've identified that person. And uh, Young Thug's attorneys, I think they're doing a pretty decent job. He's got a brother named Keith Adams and another guy named Brian Steele. And uh, we'll just wait and see what happens, man. At some point, they got to give him bail. But right now, this is the third time he's been denied. And uh, where can they find you, F, man, if they want to come check you out? Man, I'm over there at FG Unleashed on YouTube, man. And on Instagram, I'm over there at F General one And tap in. I got a few new videos up, man. Let's tap in and see what you think about it. Street TV over here, Alex Alonso 101. Thanks for tapping in with another fire episode of Streets and Scholars.